Greetings. You're listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast, and this is episode 113. Greetings everyone and welcome to sunny Malawi. Since I'm here now for the long term, you're going to start to see a change in the podcast episodes because I want to start to let you into the beauty of this tiny little country situated on the east side of Africa, completely enveloped between Tanzania, Mozambique and Zambia. Now, in case you didn't know, Malawi is a sort of made-up country which became a formal place in the 1800s. If you imagine a continent that didn't have any borders or boundaries and was sort of held together by loose agreements over land and territory, and that arrangement existed for thousands of years, before invaders came and began to create distinctions between people. Those distinctions, centuries later, would lead to the scramble for Africa and the carving up of the continent into the countries we've become familiar with today. Now, I know that's the simplified version, but for the purposes of the podcast, Let's just understand that one of the consequences of this carving up and the movement of people is that we end up with countries like Malawi, which are relatively young in their Western definition of a country, with Malawi being founded in 1964. But Malawi's people are very old in their existence as a mix of people and land, languages and cultures which still reflect the various people who migrated to the area now called Malawi centuries before the 1800s. For now, all we need to focus on is that if you want to gift your colonizer friend a country, you just need to fashion that country from carving out land from other countries that have been created around a country and then put a boundary around your newly fashioned space so your colonizer friend can claim the space and name it and its people, which is what happened to Malawi. Malawi was owned by the British and was part of their British Central African Protectorate, which included Rhodesia and South Africa. But as we know, they have their internal tribal wars and that led to a split between Rhodesia and South Africa and Malawi became Nyasaland and Nyasaland emerged in 1907. And then from 1907 to 1963, Nyasaland was ruled by the British and then the British granted Malawi with its new name, its flag independence in 1964. But as we know, flag independence means that the country's economy is still controlled and run in the interests of colonisers. And that is the situation we are still faced with today. 
no different to all other African countries, whether on the continent of Africa or in the Caribbean. We are where we are, and it doesn't mean that we can't make something out of our lives in African countries. So I've been in Malawi for three weeks by the time this episode airs. And so I'm going to start to take you through some of the challenges that I faced so that if you're planning a visit or a long stay, then you can have in mind some of the things that you might want to research before you get on that plane. So after spending 21 months outside of the country, What you're likely to find is that you will need to restart all your communication arrangements. Now, I absolutely need communication and internet services because without them, I'm lost. I can't communicate with anyone back in the UK and I have no business. So Malawi is a country which is classified by the West as the sixth poorest country in the world. But Malawi is also a country where communication arrangements using your mobile phone and moving money around was way ahead of anything I had ever accessed in the West when I first came to Malawi in 2015. And now it's still something I find just as easy to use as being in the UK, even though you do have to pay a tiny fee for using money services in Malawi. But the key thing is that all of your communication is done by using even the most basic of mobile phones. So what happens is that when you have an active phone line, obviously you can make calls and you can communicate with people anywhere in the world. But you can also send money using your mobile phone to anywhere in the country and even to other countries in the same African trading bloc, which for Malawi is the Southern African Development Community, which takes in member countries from down the East Rift Valley area. So what happens is that you pay money onto your mobile phone number and then you can send that money to other people's phones. You can also use the money on your phone to buy things like electricity and water. And you can even use your mobile phone to withdraw money from your bank account directly onto your mobile phone. Way ahead of anything I can do on my phone in the UK in these areas. You have no fees to pay from buying utilities and withdrawing money to your account. But as I said, you pay only a small fee when you withdraw the money from your phone as cash. And that fee, obviously, is to pay for the agents who provide that service. But the beauty about Malawi and mobile phones is that you can do all this and more, like buying credit for your phone and buying internet bundles. So having a working phone line is critical to your everyday communications and making your life easier. But being out of the country for longer than three months means that when you return, all your phone lines and internet lines will have been disconnected because there's a three-month usage limit on the lines and the numbers. So having come back to Malawi, I've now had to change all of my mobile phone numbers to get back online. Now, because access to mobile phones has been reduced to a level where everyone Even people living in villages hundreds of miles away from the capital 
can actually afford to have a phone line. When you go to the phone shop to sort things out, there are huge queues and you better be prepared to wait. But the positive side to this is that you will only have to do this reinstatement of a phone line and new numbers once. Because since I was last in Malawi in 2019, phone services have really improved and you can now maintain your phone line online for one service, which is the Airtel service, and using a phone app if you also have a TNM service. Now that's great because what that means is that I can now buy credit for my phones or buy electricity for the family home even whilst I'm in the UK and this keeps my phone lines alive. I can't think of anything better than that. Where things are likely to get a little bit more complex when visiting Malawi is with internet services and if you're someone like me who runs internet-based businesses this can make life a little difficult during the setting up process. You can run some of your internet services from your mobile phone, but the only phones some of your large bundle internet services will work with are Android phones. India, China and Japan really have a stranglehold on the phone services and the technology and we use Chinese technology mainly in Malawi and so China and iPhone don't get on and so you are limited to running large bundle internet services with Android phones. So there are three ways that you can get set up on an internet service in Malawi. You can have your standard pay-as-you-go service similar to what we have in the West and that operates with you buying credit for your phone and either just using that credit for calls and the internet as you go along or for buying small internet packages which start from, get this, 15 pence per service or 22 cents US. And for that, you can get online, you can spend 15, 20 minutes surfing and getting little things done making the service really accessible for those people who are on low incomes in the country. The second way you can get online is to buy large internet data bundles ranging from 100 gigabytes, which costs about £142, or 200 gigabytes, which costs about £187. And both of these, that's 100 gig and 200 gig, will need to be used within a three month time limit. Or you can get a one terabyte of internet data, which is a thousand gigabytes, and that will cost you about 530 pounds. And that has to be used within a 12 month time limit. And then finally, the third way you can get online is to actually get a monthly 15 gigabyte dongle, which costs about 25 pounds a month. So you need to weigh up what your usage will be. Now me, because I run several businesses, I have classes online, I've got students, I need big data. So I always purchase the largest bundle that I can buy. And I find that that works best because it allows me to update my apps and to also produce my podcasts and do all the different things that I want to do. 
Now, I know you're probably thinking about that cost, £532 for internet. But I know people in the UK who are paying £50, £60 a month for a bit of phone and for their internet packages. And so £532, when you spread that out on a monthly cost over a 12-month period, is about £44 a month for about 80 gigabytes. And to me, that's pretty reasonable because I can do a lot with 80 gigabytes. So once you've got around that bit of the equation, the other thing is that the phone companies demand that payment in advance. So I tend to plan my internet usage in advance of arriving in Malawi and then I bring that extra money with me so that I can go straight to the shop, buy it as soon as possible and start work as soon as possible. Now, as I've said, Malawi is an Android country. And what that means is that the telephone systems are better set up for Android phones, with Samsung being the main type of phone in the country. But really, any Android phone will do. It doesn't mean that iPhones don't work. They do. If all you want to do is make calls using small internet data bundles or toggles from your main internet big data packages. But you can't run big data packages from an iPhone because the software isn't set up for that. You can only do that from an Android phone. Now, this caught me out initially when I first moved to Malawi and began to work from Malawi because I'm an iPhone user. So everything I have from the iPad to the iPhones to the MacBook was all linked to Apple and it became really difficult to get online. But I was fortunate because I had in my mind that it would be best to have both phones. So I came to Malawi with both an Android phone and an iPhone. And that's what saved me really, because I was told that the big data bundles will only run from Android phones. And so I was able to set up the data on my Android phone and then just use my Apple phone as normal for everything else. So one phone is completely dedicated to the data bundle and I can't use it for anything else. So the phone acts like a modem and everything works perfectly fine. But it is a waste of a phone. So that's me all set up with my telephone and internet services. The next challenge I thought I would have was a reliable electricity supply so I can charge everything and run everything. Clearly, without that, I've got no communication and I've got no business. Now, when I last left Malawi in July 2019, the electricity services were really sporadic. Electricity services would be cut almost every day and the power cut could last up to seven or eight hours on a good day and longer on a bad day, really making it difficult if you're running internet-based businesses as I am. So trying to be ever ready, this time when I packed to come to Malawi, I bought a power adapter with me. It's an adapter that you charge when there's electricity 
And then when there's a power cut, you can actually plug your laptop into the adapter and it will keep your laptop charged. Man, I was excited about this because I thought I had this problem licked. But when I got to Malawi, I found that the electricity supplies have really improved. And in the three weeks that I've been back, I can only remember having one power cut. And that only lasted a couple of hours. So it's kind of made my power battery a bit redundant. But still, it's always good to know that if I needed the extra power, it's there. If you're thinking of travelling to an African country, then I'll put a link to that power battery in case you want to look at purchasing something like that or something similar. So this podcast episode right here is the first full episode that has been produced in Malawi with internet services and phone lines in full working order, with the episode being recorded up in the mountains where we live. What do you think? I think that if you didn't know, you can't actually tell the difference now we've got the sound sorted out. And I hope that inspires you to see that once you've sorted out any communication issues, you can run your podcast perfectly well from anywhere in the world and even from the so-called sixth poorest country in the world. The key is to explore what's on offer to help you with your communication needs in the country of your choice and try as much as possible to pre-plan for what you will need to make calls and get online. And once you've done that, you're away. So from one happy podcast creator, tune in next week to follow my adventures in Malawi. I'm really looking forward to sharing my journey with you and also look out for my video blog where I'll be sharing some of the sights and sounds of Malawi so you can put pictures to some of my Malawian journeys. Until next week, don't give up your dream. There is enough content in the remaining 112 episodes to move you from a thought to the starting block so that you are able to buy yourself out of your day job bit by bit, piece by piece, so that you too can have a choice about how you live your best life. You've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asha, and for now, I'm out.